You're listening to the Spartan Orientation Station on Impact 89 FM, Family and Supporter Friday edition. Now, this month's episode. All right. Hello and welcome back to the second special edition episode of the Spartan Orientation Station. Our Family Supporter Friday episodes aim to answer real questions directly from incoming Spartan families. While each student attending MSU has a unique experience, whether they're a first-year student transitioning to college straight out of high school, a transfer student joining the Spartan family from another institution, a student traveling from out-of-state or internationally to attend MSU, or a combination of these, this information is applicable for all new students, families, and supporters. This episode, we will cover Spartan IDs, RCPD requests, food allergies and dietary needs, and residence hall tips and tricks. My name is Maddie. I am a program coordinator within the New Student Orientation Office and really excited to be here today. Hi, I'm Ashley Hewlett-Lemke. I use she, her, hers pronouns, and I'm a program coordinator with the Transfer Student Success Center. I'm Dr. Charles Jackson, director of the Transfer Student Success Center here at MSU and a former transfer student. Hello, I'm Lauren Gearman, Director of Spartan Family Connections here at Michigan State. Hello, everyone. My name is Jared Stratz. I use he, him, his pronouns. I am also a program coordinator in the Transitions and Transfer Student Success Unit, which houses new student orientation. All right. Well, I'll get us started with our first question. Uh, What is a Spartan ID? What can my student use it for? That is a great question, Jared. (laughs) Um, So the Spartan ID is essentially just the student's ID. It's called the Spartan card, um, and it has the student's photo on it. Uh, It has their student ID number on it. Um, But more importantly, it has a mag strip and a prox ID card in it. Um, And when I say more importantly, it's because they use that card for everything. Mm -hmm. Um, They use it sometimes for attendance in class. They use it to access their residence hall building and their dining room access and to get their combo exchange. Um, They use it for Spartan cash if they want to grab coffee at Starbucks or a bagel at Panera. Um, They use it for athletic events. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's where their tickets are for their football football games and basketball games. Um, So, yeah, that is what a Spartan card is. Um, their student ID. Um, Does anybody else have thoughts on what students use it for or other tips? Yes. So um, if you're a transfer student here to MSU, you will need your ID to access our buildings. Um, One of the um, important, um, well, one of the policy changes um, coming into the fall semester is just access to our buildings after hours. So if you are a transfer student and you have a late class, you want to make sure that you have your ID in order to access the building. Um, You can have your ID either on a lanyard or there's some other cool um, ways to um, keep your ID um, handy. I know, Ashley, you've uh, talked to me a little bit about, you know, just accessing buildings and ways you can just keep your ID handy. You want to give our transfer students some other tips on how to just make sure that they have their ID available when they access these buildings. Yeah, there's different types of wallets that you can actually um, attach to. You can have your keys attached to them, things of that nature. Uh, the Transfer Student Success Center is actually going to have them for our incoming transfer students this fall. So that's very exciting. Um, but yeah, it's something that you can wear around your uh, neck. Um, I know when I was a student, I had a lanyard and I that went with me everywhere on mm-hmm. campus. I think something else um, 
your Spartan ID card has your student ID number, also known as, um, so some of us may have known it as the APID once upon a time. Um, I believe it's now called the EMPL ID. Uh, that number, I kind of like to tell students, think of your ID as like a credit card. You want to make sure to keep it safe and because it does have your ID number on it. Um, and don't ask me to uh, recite what my ID number was, but I also <laughs> recommend uh, memorizing it because um, you will be asked that information um, at, at different times for different purposes. So just always a good idea, good practice to make sure you keep it safe. Treat it like it's cash. Treat it like it's a credit card. Treat it like it's your um, government-issued ID, things of that nature. Yeah, government-issued ID, great point. Because in order to pick up your Spartan card, you have to show a picture government-issued ID. Um, so state ID card, your driver's license, um, a passport. But you have to have a government-issued photo ID in order to pick up your Spartan card. So make sure you bring that with you to the ID office. Um, and we've been getting a lot of questions about when to pick up that ID. Um, you can pick that up now. And I highly encourage you, mm -hmm. if you are near to campus or if you're planning a trip up this summer, um, come sometime between Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 445 is when the ID office is open. Stop in there. Take the five minutes uh, to do that if you can. Because if you don't, you need to pick that up on move-in day yep. or shortly thereafter <laughs> if you're a transfer student um, and you're looking at a couple of hours. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, that's you know... It, and you will be receiving, students will be receiving an email from the ID office mm -hmm. with instructions on how to upload your photo. Um, and so if you can't come up this summer, definitely upload that photo. Because if you upload that photo, the line is much shorter than if you come to campus and haven't uploaded your photo um, and have to wait in line uh, legitimately an hour and a half or two hours wait for that ID. So just... Be prepared. Yep, definitely want to try and beat the rush of the returning students coming back from losing their ID from their adventures for sure. over the summer. <laughs> for sure. You know, another thing that that Spartan card is used for is uh, to ride the bus. Yes. Mm -hmm. yep. um, and so, you know, we talk, we've talked about transportation a little bit in other podcasts. And uh, if you plan to ride the bus, make sure you've got that Spartan ID card. You know, the other thing I don't think we've mentioned that you can use that ID card for, and I did this when I was an undergrad student, um, is with exams. If you're turning in an exam, often mm -hmm. um, instructors will have you put your ID number in place of your name yep. for confidentiality's sake, and then you show your ID card when you turn in the exam. So I know that that was a very common thing in a few of my bigger classes with lecture halls. Um, so transitioning a little bit away from IDs, um, RCPD, sort of what is it? Do students have to submit anything in terms of getting an accommodation? And for those of you who haven't listened to our RCPD podcast, also encourage that. RCPD is Resource Center for Persons with Disabilities. But um, can we talk a little bit about what that process looks like? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I'm answering all the questions. But <laughs> um, so, yes, the Resource Center for Persons with Disabilities. Um, and as Maddie mentioned, there's another podcast with them specifically that I encourage everyone to listen to. Um, the, the Resource Center for Persons with Disabilities, also known as RCPD, um, they handle all accommodation requests, either permanent or temporary, um, that students may have the need for. So um, think IEP or a 504 plan. 
um, or, you know, accommodations anywhere. If you need to take a little longer for testing or um, if you need to have um, a disability room, let's say you are a um, mobility, you have mobility challenges and need something special with housing, or let's say you have um, a food issue, a, a food allergy that um, you have, let's say, anaphylaxis with, um, they want you to register with RCPD. Um, and it's a, a pretty easy process. You just go to rcpd.msu.edu and start the accommodation request. Um, when you start that accommodation request, an ability specialist um, will take a look at it and reach out. Um, there will be some forms that need to be filled out by a physician. There's some back and forth. And so doing this now ensures that you have the best chance of having those accommodations ready to go on the first day of class. If you wait until you get here and you know, you're going to your first class and you say, oh man, that's right, I've, for, I've got this special need that I, I need accommodation for, it's going to be several weeks before they can get that accommodation for you. Um, so make sure you're planning ahead. Yes, and also if you're a transfer student too and you need those accommodations as well, please get in contact with RCPD and they'd be able to help you um, too. I know sometimes when it comes to our transfer student population, um, some folks kind of forget about as transfer students. Um, but yes, if you also need accommodations, please get in contact with RCPD and then they will be able to help you. Um, I think we also had a question come in regarding um, food allergies in the dining halls and um, will RCPD uh, assist with that? And just wanted to know if anyone can just kind of comment on that and kind of give us some insights on what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like, like Dr. Jackson said, um, those accommodations don't come with you. So if you had them in high school yes. or if you had them at another institution, they don't come with you as a part of your transcript. You have to start all over. Um, so make sure that you are not assuming that those do and make sure you get those um, accommodation requests in. Um, specifically around food. Um, so yes, if there is a significant dietary allergy, um, let's say you are a registered celiac. Um, let's say you have anaphylaxis to uh, peanuts or tree nuts um, or dairy or eggs. Um, there, there are lots, um, lots of allergies that can cause anaphylaxis. Uh, we ask that you do start with RCPD. Um, we do have a fantastic team in culinary services, um, the Eat at State team. Um, and they will certainly work with all of our students. But if you have a significant uh, life-altering allergy, please register with RCPD. Um, and the same thing with mobility issues. If you have mobility challenges, um, start with RCPD. Uh, they RCPD and our housing team in general, so both the Live On and the Eat at State departments, work closely with RCPD to make sure that um, our students are accommodated and make sure that your lives are as smooth and um, carefree as possible. I have to give a shout out to Thrive, which is the dining hall located in yes. Owen Hall, River Trail neighborhood. Um, it's Big Ten allergen free. So if you are allergic to things like nuts, um, all of the food made in that dining hall is nut free, which is really great for folks with allergies. So highly recommend checking that out. Even yeah. if you don't have one of those allergies, the food is still really great. Oh, it is fantastic. Mm -hmm. It is fantastic. Um, and I also want to give a shout out to the Eat at State 
folks, um, they just recently revamped their nutrition and allergens page on eatatstate.com. So that's their website, um, eatatstate, E-A-T-A-T-S-T-A-T-E.com. Um, and on this revamped nutrition and allergens page, um, it features the interactive and digital guide, as well as some frequently asked questions. Um, and the information for the registered dietitian is there. Uh, if you want to email or if your student wants to email the dietitian, uh, that email address is there. Uh, and she can assist with personalized information and setting the student up for success. Um, so connecting with Kelsey um, and making sure it's the student that connects with Kelsey. Um, parents, if you're listening, I know that, you know, we, we recently came from power schools, right? And I, and I could see what my kid ate for lunch, um, not, a, you know, among other things. Um, if you reach out to Kelsey, she is going to copy your student on the response because this is really um, for your student. So at some point we gotta let go and let the let the students uh, work through things themselves. But just so you know that. And now I'll follow up uh, to conclude this question that a lot of the RCPD contact information, as Lauren was talking about, and others, it uh, has been included in the new student orientation biweekly newsletter. So there is a whole section on RCPD. So if you, um, you student, family, or supporter are looking to get a little bit more information or links directly to uh, that department to either file a request or submit a request or just want to learn a little bit more that is included in that newsletter. Jared, if I lost that newsletter, if I deleted it, can, <laughs> is there someplace I can <laughs> Absolutely. go? Absolutely. So we will continue the newsletters over the summer, but there is an NSO communications page uh, right on the NSO website. So um, students families and supporters can access past newsletters and read up on things that maybe they didn't see. Maybe they mm -hmm. missed a biweekly newsletter, um, but but for sure we will be sending or continue to send uh, these biweekly newsletters all the way through July and August. So Good. Yeah. Amazing. Well, transitioning now to what I feel like is a hot topic amongst students, families, and supporters, living on campus. So if you are thinking, like, I'm living on campus, Amazon exists, I really forgot, insert random thing here, how can you receive a package and where do you pick it up? Like, sort of how does that process work? Oh, my gosh, it's amazing. And, yes, <laughs> if there's anything that 2020 taught us, it's that Amazon can send things next day. Um, yes. So the residence halls receive packages. Um and they log them into the service center. So, uh, and shameless plug, if your students uh, are looking for a job, um, the service <laughs> centers employ students. Uh, and one of the things they do is mail and packages. Um, so those packages come to the service center. Um, our students log them into the package system. And then the student receives an email from the service center that says your package is ready to pick up. The, the big confusing thing is students will often receive an email from Amazon that says, hey, your package was delivered. And then they go to the desk and they say, where's my package? Well, it hasn't been logged yet. It's not ready to be picked up. We're not going to know that it's there. Uh, so students wait for the email from the service desk and they will tell you where to pick up that package and that it's ready for you. 
Um, We also get lots of questions right around now with, especially with Prime Day being so close to when we're recording this. (laughs) Yes. Um, Can I send things ahead of time? Um, Can I send, you know, can I order a bunch of stuff and send it to my students hall before moving so they have it and I don't have to lug it in my car? Yes, you can. Um, watch for information on that start date. Don't do it now or don't do it right when your student has their housing assignment um, because we don't start accepting them until the middle of May, of middle of August. Um, so there will be more information coming from Live On with when we will start accepting those packages. Awesome. I know the other thing that a lot of students ask is like, what if I get like an envelope? Like something that isn't really like a package, oh, but like a letter. Yeah. Um, and they have those nice little mailboxes that are labeled. You'll get a key to use your mailbox. And if you're getting like, I don't know, like a postcard, yeah. um, that's where you would look for those things. And you, I don't think you get an email about no letters um, that are going in your mailbox. So you're going to want to check them regularly. Yes. Check those mailboxes. Um, you know, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, you, the students get can get snail mail. Um, I don't know that students even know what snail mail is these days. Um, in fact, students don't even realize they have a mailbox. So, Maddie, thank you for that plug. Um, we have had students say, well, my mom said they sent a, a card and I haven't gotten it. It was like, I don't know, three, four weeks ago. And we often say, have you checked your mailbox? And they say, my what? So, yes. Each room has a mailbox, so roommates share that mailbox, and their room key is what opens it. Um, So, yes, have them check that because on occasion they do get mail. And I'll tell you from a personal experience in my undergrad, getting a letter, I know maybe I'm dating or we're dating ourselves, but (laughs) getting a letter just meant a lot, especially when you're starting a whole brand new phase of your life, you know, or transitioning from another institution. If you're a transfer student, this is a whole new experience in getting a letter or postcard or a package uh, through the mail and getting that notification when maybe Mm -hmm. you didn't expect a package (laughs) or checking the mailbox on your way out to class or back from class. I I just, it, became part of a routine and a, and a good surprise uh, as I was navigating the college experience. So. I agree. I don't think you're dating yourself. Oh, right. <laughs> um, I, I do think that students like those surprise and delight moments. Yes. Um, yeah. And another shameless plug for the Eat at State folks is the MSU Bakery. Yes. Mm. Oh, that was MSU the best Bakers, package. <laughs> yes. MSU Bakers, um, Go to msubakers.msu.edu, um, and there's even a, a code for a coupon. So, you know, Ooh. yeah, follow follow them on Facebook to get that code. <laughs> um, but they deliver, and they don't just deliver on campus. They deliver to the East Lansing zip code as well. So if you're a family of a transfer student, transfer students love getting cookies and mm-hmm. cakes and cupcakes, too. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, and you have to order early. Because they do book up. Mm -hmm. But, you know, think ahead. And that is a great surprise and delight moment. Mm -hmm. Frosted sugar cookies are where it's at. (laughs) There's nothing like those game day cookies. Yes. (laughs) Sounds like we're going to have to place an order in for a transfer. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a plan. (laughs) 
Well, uh, maybe you shift. We, I know we were talking just briefly about roommates. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about that, um, especially for those students who may not know who their roommate is. I know that there's a whole process uh, to getting a roommate or requesting a roommate and, and or maybe not knowing um, who that roommate is. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that process. I know that might be on a lot of families and supporters' minds right now. It's like you've been reading Facebook. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this topic is um, the live one right now, uh, talking about all things roommates and all things housing. Um, and since this podcast will post right before uh, roommate announcements will come out, there are a couple of things that we do want to talk about. Um, so there have been concerns about, well, my, my student knew who they were going to room with and then their roommate decided to go to another institution. What do they do now? Well, they will get assigned a roommate at random and things work out just fine. Um, you know, having, knowing who your roommate is versus not knowing who your roommate is until you're assigned, um, there are pros and cons to both. And um, I think as families, and for those of you who don't know, um, I recently had an MSU graduate myself, so uh, being a parent of a student is not um, out of the realm of my mind. Um, we get more stressed as family members about roommates than students do. And, you know, they will pick up on that and... Um, if I'm stressed about who my kid's roommate is going to be, my kid's going to get stressed about who their roommate is. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just deep breath. Deep breath is the best I can I can tell you. Um, so students will get their roommate assignments. Um, those roommate assignments will go live the week of July 17th. And students are going to receive an email notification once those assignments are once those assignments are live in their My Housing account. Um, so this is where the students will be able to go and view their housing assignment, um, their information, including their, <clears throat> excuse me, their assigned room and their roommate or roommates. Um, if your student is assigned to a suite style hall, they will not be able to receive their suite mate information. That is another Frequently asked question, um, your suite mates you will meet during move-in week. Um, so just you'll have to just kind of wait and, and see how that goes. Um, so just a couple of quick reminders, though. Back in June, incoming students submitted their housing preferences. Um, the Live On and Housing Assignments team did their absolute best, made every effort to accommodate those choices, um, but there is a preference um, hierarchy. We call it a hierarchy of assignment. So, for example, if your student is assigned to a living learning community but requested a bathroom preference for the bathroom style that is not in that living learning community, they're going to be assigned to the living learning community, not to their bathroom preference, mm -hmm. for example. Um, if you want to learn more about that preference hierarchy, you can go to liveon.msu.edu slash hierarchy hyphen of hyphen assignment. You can probably just search that in liveon.msu.edu as well. Um, so in, you know, when your student goes to their My Housing account, um, they'll be able to get that roommate name and contact information if the roommate has allowed that, um, that information to be shared. 
So students do have the ability to restrict their information. If your student's roommate has restricted their information, your roommate will not be able to see their contact information. Um, so if the contact information is there or is not there, that's likely why. Um, so if the student is assigned a roommate at random, um, there are a couple of things we want to encourage them to do. Um, and, you know, I, I know that that's probably your next question, isn't it, Jared? Mm -hmm. yeah. So how does that, how does that start, right? How does a conversation start? I know sometimes that, that can be challenging for some mm -hmm. students, uh, regardless of if this is their first time um, or they're a first-generation student. I know I personally, mm -hmm. as a first-generation student, um, no one in my family had gone to college before I went. So I was learning a lot about myself through engaging with my roommate, or at least this person that I had no clue, I just had a name, um, trying to figure out, kind of doing some sleuthing, you know, to, to kind of really figure out who who the person is and just reaching out. And I know that, that was a big step um, that I committed myself to, to just say, hey, um, my name is Jared and I'm your roommate for the fall. And let's talk about what we're bringing, right? Or I you know kind of mm -hmm. really uh, shift the conversation to, I know we want to play and do this smart, you know, with move in and all that fun, fun stuff. So I know that can be nerve wracking, though. Absolutely. <laughs> all, all the same thing. And Jared, you used a term that I love. You said sleuthing. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if your house is anything like mine, um, there was some sleuthing happening on social media. For Absolutely. Sure. Right? For like sure. everybody wants to know, even before they reach out, everybody wants to know who is this person. Please remember families that the social media profiles mm -hmm. and what people post on social media is more often than not uh, their accurate or inaccurate information, right. whatever you want to say. <laughs> like, you know, we have a social media profile. We mm -hmm. have this, you know. Um, persona. Yes. Thank you, <laughs> Ashley. A persona that we want people to think is us. And it's usually not. It's certainly not the full story. Um, so please remind your student not to make judgments. Um, about their roommates based on mm -hmm. social media mm -hmm. profiles um, and also don't make judgments on the first interaction, yep. right? Everybody's nervous. Mm -hmm. Yes. This is just um, a really high anxiety time. Um, and especially when you're talking about living with someone, um, number one, sharing space because how many of our students have actually had to share space before yep. they come here? Definitely. Um, and then when you're talking about sharing a small room and sharing a bathroom yep. and yeah, there's a lot of anxiety there. Um, so here are some conversation ideas and we, we hope you share these with your student or students. Or if you're listening, maybe take some notes. Um, like Jared said, talk about the room and how you want to live together. Mm -hmm. Who's bringing what? What do you want? What don't you want? But there are some other things like not only what to plan to bring, but also what things do you bring that are okay to share mm. and yes. which maybe aren't? So like if I'm bringing my refrigerator, but it's my refrigerator and I don't want your stuff in my refrigerator, <laughs> then you got to talk about that and say, yeah, I'm bringing a refrigerator, but you're going to want to bring your own refrigerator because I don't share. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, so things like that. What do they want to share and what would they prefer not to? 
also super, super important to start having these conversations early is what a, what are your daily habits? Yep. Right? What time do you go to bed? What time yep. do you get up? Um, how often do you like to shower in a day? Do you like to sleep with the TV on? Or, you know, do you need to sleep with a light? Or does it need to be completely dark? These just these conversations just have to happen early. Mm -hmm. Um, The earlier, the better, so that there can be some common ground, right? Um, And then when it's time for that roommate contract conversation with the RA, um, you know, there's no surprises. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's, can we, do we have a minute to talk about RAs or at least just when this idea of moving into a residential hall, Mm -hmm. um, you're not alone, Right. I mean, when I know it's a big step uh, in that transition, but it's you're you're not just on a floor uh, without any guidance or support. Am I right in that? Absolutely. I mean, your RAs, which is resident assistant for those who aren't sure what the term RA is, um, are the folks who really help guide you. I mean, I went to my RA for advice about classes. I was like stressed about making an advising appointment and she was able to point me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're really, they're students too. They've been through it and they're re- willing to give you whatever advice they can. They're really there to help you. So take advantage of that. Yes. And they're students themselves. Yes. Okay. So families, if you're listening, there is this kind of um, idea that an RA is a cruise director of sorts. <laughs> yeah. Right. They're not. <laughs> they're not. They're students themselves, um, usually with a full plus class load um, and sometimes a second job in addition to being an RA. Mm-hmm. And so the RA is not going to be, you know, talking to your in particular student every single day. They're, they've got their own stuff that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, they certainly will be there, um, you know, in a crisis. Um, but we also have other live-in staff members that are there um, specifically for those reasons. Mm-hmm. There are assistant community directors, there are community directors, and all of those folks live in the residence halls and are available. Um, so if the RA isn't available, there may be an RA on another floor um, or Go to the ACD or the CD, the Assistant Community Director, Community Director. Absolutely. And I think RAs are also on call frequently. They'll often give you a phone number for their on-call phone after a certain time in the evenings. If you're having an issue, you can always give them a call there. It might not be your RA, but it will be an RA in your general area. Um, and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention ICAs, intercultural mm-hmm. aides, Thank you. Um, who are also in each building. And they really help. They um facilitate conversations within the community about various issues that are happening. Um, and they're there also as a support. However, there is not generally an ICA on every floor, I mm-hmm. think. Right. There's a couple in each building. Yes. I think, so. so they're also yeah. there to help. But all of those students put on programming. Yes. Um, they will not lo- knock on your student's door. They will not grab them by the hand and say, hey, come to this program. Um, your student has to make that effort as well. So yes, RAs and ICAs put on programs and they do fun things, but your student has to make that effort to participate as well. Um, and there's where that comfort zone comes in again and that anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, your student sometimes needs to get out of their comfort zone. Um, and I, I do want to wrap up. I think we're getting close to time. So I do want to wrap up with a couple of move-in uh, things, some move-in tips. Um, shortly after receiving their room their room assignment, your student will also be able to sign up for move-in times. Um, 
incoming first year students will move in on August 22nd or 23rd. And then returning students can sign up to move in um, on August 23rd or 24th. Um, they will need to go in and sign up for that move-in time slot. Um, and we highly encourage you to move in at a time different than your roommate. Um, oh. So the, the halls are cramped, the rooms are tight, um, and when you have more than a couple people in the room mm-hmm. at once, it it's already hot, right? Like the, the temperature is hot. The, the buildings are not air conditioned. Um, tempers can get a little hot as well. So <laughs> bring a snack. Bring Nobody a getting snack. hangry. That's yes. right. Bring a snack. Bring some cool rags. Um, bring your patients because all of those will be needed. Um, international students, incoming international students will move in between Friday, August 18th and Sunday, August 20th as well. So if we've got international families listening to this podcast, um, your students move in just a little bit earlier than domestic students. Um, But keep an eye out for information about a move-in webinar that's being hosted by the Live-On team um, in early August. So they will start promoting that um, probably when the rooming information comes out, actually. But uh, keep an eye out for that because they will be promoting that webinar. um, And that is going to be really invaluable for you. They're going to share tips about arrival like how to arrive to campus, um, what unloading looks like, what ch- the check-in process looks like. Um, they're going to be talking about sending those packages ahead and a lot more things. Um, so make sure to sign up for that webinar when it's time. Amazing. Okay, I have one last question before we wrap up for our amazing transfer student folks. Um, wondering, many of our transfer students are living off campus. So when they're thinking about their sort of move-in process and fall welcome experience. Any tips and tricks for them as they're navigating that, living in our greater East Lansing community? Uh, I would just say um, just be patient. Um, again, just get to know uh, the the transfer community. Um, we do have some resources that are uh, available on campus uh, that will uh, provide you with some housing areas, uh, housing places in the, in the East Lansing area. Um, I would just say just practice patience, just transitioning to this new institution um, as a transfer student. So, I'd also add, even if you're living off campus, that doesn't mean that you're disconnected from, from the, the campus community. So I think it's really important to just come to campus. Um, you know, I think in our uh, trans- one of our transfer student podcasts, one of our student coordinators, staff members was talking about like, you know, don't just make a beeline for your car at the end of each class and head home. Uh, make a very concerted effort to stay on campus, you know, connect with classmates, um, find some opportunities to break bread, if you will, with with other classmates and um, not just classmates, but also get involved with uh, registered student organizations. Um, working on campus is always a, a great way to uh, build your resume, but also connect with others. Um, I mean, I actually so the. <laughs> Again, dating myself, but the McDonald Hall Dining Hall, uh, I actually worked there. I, I was the 6 a.m. shift, so I flipped omelets, so that was super fun. Um, got to know a lot of the early riser students who would come eat breakfast before their 8 a.m. classes. Um, but campus, yeah, campus employment is open to all students. So I think that that's also another great way for our off-campus students, uh, transfer and also returning students, if, if you happen to be listening as well, uh, to Again, get involved, um, meet some other classmates, and 
yay, make a little bit of money as well. I mean, that's that's always a good thing. Absolutely. And I would also plug too, you'll get some emails from the Transfer Student Success Center regarding some of the evening programming that we put on as well. So just keep a lookout for those emails and the dates and times when we put those special programs on for our yeah. transfer students. And that's a great segue um, with Fall Welcome and the things that are happening in between move-in and the start of classes and beyond. There was going to be a lot of activities for all students to participate in to get to know each other, uh, do community building, campus wayfinding, sense of belonging activities. There's a lot of fun things planned for not only the new student orientation component, which all new students are expected to attend, but also just the other stuff, you know, the uh, introducing you to a variety of different campus departments. Uh, many new students are learning about this virtually over the summer, about all the different resources that are available to them. Uh, but this in-person engagement between move-in and the start of classes is really helping to highlight physically, in-person, highlight uh, some, of, some of that fun stuff so that they're ready and equipped to start classes. Absolutely. Fall welcome events start the 23rd and go through September 7th. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, so much to get involved with. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, on that note, I think that wraps up our July episode already. I can't believe it's July. Um, <laughs> thank you all for being guests on this amazing episode. And thank you to all of our listeners for listening. Um, our next episode of the Family and Supporter Friday series will air on Friday, August 11th. Um, go green. Go, go white. white. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Spartan Orientation Station on Impact 89 FM. Let us know what you think by connecting with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at MSU underscore NSO.